Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So at least two Bucks players, one Bucks coach, two other Bucks assistants in quarantine, three Lightning players, practice facility is closed, five Phillies players, and one Blue Jay player. What do they all have in common? They all tested positive for COVID-19. What is the state of sports in Florida after an alarming week? And Major League Baseball players were set to vote on baseball's latest offer for a 60-game season on Sunday. Then something went wrong, as it always does. And that vote didn't happen. We'll tell you the latest. And the NFLPA is advising its players to cease the private group workouts. Does that mean you, Tom Brady? We've got all that and more in this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hope you all had a very happy Father's Day. I know I did. Steve, what'd you get? <laughs> uh, I got a, actually, from my boys, um, I've been to a lot of baseball parks, and my boys love going to baseball games, so... Yeah, they've been to three major league parks now themselves, and they want to go to more. But I got this. Wait, post. what? Three or what? Three have they been to? Tropicana. Tropicana. We went down to Marlins Park last uh, summer. Went oh, that's right. I remember. Yeah. And then um, their uncle, my wife's brother, lives in Kenosha, Wisconsin. So they visited there last summer. Went to the Brewers at Miller Park. So. Oh wow. Okay. Cool. Yeah. But I've been to thirty-one parks myself. Wow. Several, and there's only 30 teams. Well, yeah, several don't exist anymore. I think there's eight current parks I haven't been to. Um, okay. So, but I've been to like the old Yankee Stadium, but not the new one. Um, okay. You know, and some See, cities, and I, I, some cities I've been to too. Like Cincinnati, I've been to Riverfront and Great American Ballpark. I have been to. Here's an interesting tidbit because you've not been to New Yankee Stadium. I never went to old Yankee Stadium, but have been to New Yankee Stadium, but did not see a baseball game. That's even weirder, right? I watched. Uh, did you see a concert or a football wa- game? Football game. I watched the pinstripe bowl. Okay, yeah. Between Notre Notre Dame and uh, I want to say Syracuse. Yep. I, I'll just say Syracuse, yes. but that's who it was. Yeah. So, but my, so my boys love going to baseball games, and I've been to a lot of parks. So they got me this uh, poster that uh, it's a scratch off. You scratch off each park that you've been to, and it like oh so, that is really so cool. the the poster itself shows uh, the, like the outside of the ballpark, and when you scratch it off, like a scratch off ticket, but you scratch it off, and you see the insides. You scratch off the ones you've been to. So okay. then it's, it's so it's a cool poster they got me. So wow, that's neat. Yeah, I, I loved it. Yeah, so kind of interactive. I like it. Yeah. So my boys like to go uh, to baseball. We pick up a baseball at every ballpark we go to, so they have a souvenir from it. So we're going to keep track of, including the minor. They love going to minor league games too. They'll go to any baseball game. So we have balls from every park we go to. They well, usually sell really them cool. with the logos on it and stuff. So we always buy those there, and so we're, yeah. we've got a, a trophy shelf in, in the hallway outside their rooms where we keep the balls so that they can keep track of where they've been. So hopefully we get to go back to games soon. But really neat. I haven't been to many minor league ballparks except for the local ones here. Um, but I, uh, we were in Jacksonville a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. The Bucks were up there for a preseason game, and they were um, had joint practices. And uh, my uh, partner in crime, Greg Allman, at the time, now with the Athletic, we decided. Or he he's one of these guys that likes to just go to events wherever they are, sporting events. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the uh, the Jacksonville, I want to say the Jacksonville Shrimp, okay, I believe uh, were playing. 
and I, I don't I, I don't know what farm like it's a double a, it's double A up there I believe okay. I believe it's a double A league yeah but anyway we went and uh, we we actually bought the hat you know because mm-hmm. I love minor league hats they're yes. so creative I think that's what's great about them and um, they had a nice I mean they had a really nice gift shop and and different things and we we sat there and we watched I bet we probably watched six, six seven innings of it and um, it was kind of cool you know it was a decent crowd and a uh, nice little ballpark right across from uh, where the where the Jaguars play, so yeah, killed some time. When I lived in when I lived in Memphis, I lived downtown, and that's where they have the mm-hmm. ballpark for the Memphis Redbirds. It was two yeah. blocks from my place, and so wow. being in the media, I had a press pass. Although you know, just from the radio station, I would that's just nice. I would go once or twice a homestand and just sit in the press box and just be doing work. Heck yeah, but just to be Heck at the ball yeah. instead of sitting at home doing work on my you know what a great whatever, atmosphere. Yeah, I just sit in the press box and watch a baseball game there and be doing you know doing some work that evening or whatever and. Love great. It. Used to take advantage that of that all great. the time. Baseball is great. It, it's uh, uh, you know, if you can do that, of course, not many of us have that privilege, mm-hmm. right? But uh, even back in the day when the uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks, uh, when Gruden got here, he wanted to have training camp in Orlando and did at Disney at Wild World of Sports. And uh, that at that time, the Braves were still over there, I believe. Um. But it was obviously spring training was over and they were into their season. But the minor league team you'd see once in a while, they were on the road usually at that time. But they'd come in to get on the bus and do you see different different players and whatnot. But they would uh, the press box. Um, what I'm getting to is is that we would we would cover the practices and there were there were two a days at the time. So we'd be there you know crack of dawn, practice at eight a.m. and our our press box our our media working area was the baseball press box. Um, out there at Disney World World mm-hmm. of Sports, so we would go up the elevator and we we face the mm-hmm. diamond, yep. you know, because and that was our that's where we sat and we worked. But what was cool about it was they had during the time they'd have all these AAU tournaments. Okay, so for a guy like me who just loves baseball and played youth baseball yep. my whole life and mm-hmm. into college, nothing was greater than that than watching you know fifteen, sixteen, seventeen year olds get up there and 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 compete in a tournament. And it was distracting, but it was a good distraction, like. You could, you know, you, you could look up and watch when something was going on and, you know, evaluate these youth pitchers and stuff and uh, and then work on your stories. And then you go back out at 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon, do, do the Bust the Bucks practice, come back, finish up your assignment. And there were games pretty much all day. There were also AAU basketball and stuff like that. There was so much going on over there at Disney and, of course, soon the NBA. But that was always fun. But, yeah, I like I like the background, and that would be cool to have, like, the background of a game. Mm-hmm. You know, sort of going on while you do your work, and you can get uh, pleasantly, pleasantly distracted. So, well, uh, good Father's Day stories. Uh, hope you had a good Father's Day. I posted on Twitter. I, I'm not done this really ever. Um, today or yesterday, uh, Father's Day actually on Sunday would have been my dad's 90th birthday on Father's Day. Wow. He passed away. Yeah, he passed away in 2004 on October 4th, and he played for the uh, St. Petersburg Saints, which at the time was the only professional sports team in this area. They were in the what was then the Florida International League, uh, which is a precursor to Florida State League, although back then they didn't, they didn't call them A, AA, AAA, that sort of thing. It was, I think it was more like BCD leagues type things. And they would have major league players coming down and young players going up. But the reason why it was the International League is uh, Havana, Cuba was in the league. Cuba was one of their wow. teams that they okay. would play, yeah. And the old uh, the, the precursor to the Tampa Tarpons was like the Tampa Smokers, which made sense because mm-hmm. it was Tampa Cigar yep. Factory and all that. 
And he used to tell me stories about going to Havana before Castro. He's like, whoa, man, what, what a great place to play. <laughs> it was kind of like, you know, like the Las Vegas of the Florida International League. Um, but, uh, but, but Pete, if you go in, on, on Twitter, you'll see a picture of him in his Saints uh, catching gear. And he, um, he must have been in his 20s at that time. Um, but it, it was kind of like a trip down. I, I, of course, didn't. I wasn't born yet. My my parents met in the fifties sometime. But um, but I was thinking about him on on Father's Day as I always do because it, it would it would have also and it, this happened every week year or so or every seven years or so. But his birthday fell on Father's Day and he would have been ninety years old. And uh, he was a great youth baseball coach. I mean, after he, his career, his playing career ended. Um, he stayed in St. Petersburg. He eventually went to work for like Florida Progress, the electric company at that time. I don't know what they're called now. They've had a, a bunch of different owners, Duke Energy or something like that. And um, and he was uh, he was on a line crew and was an SEO. He he helped you know put people's power back on basically and set poles and all of that. Um, but when he wasn't doing that, he would come home from work at five o'clock, run out to a ball field, and coached kids anywhere from thirteen. Uh, all the way up to Legion Ball, up to 18 years old, and in, some in junior college, even coached Bogusiga High School. My rival in my senior year, like I, one day I come home and he's on the phone, and he was the principal of Bogusiga High School. I go, what does he want for you? He goes, well, he needs me to coach. I told him I would. I go, you realize they're our rival, and this is my senior year, right? You're going to miss every single game but two? And he goes, well, they need me. That's that's who he was. So, um, but he was a, he was an unbelievable best best manager I ever played for by far one of the best I have ever seen. His instincts were incredible. I mean, he could have managed at any level and done very very well. And he just knew just knew how to get the most out of young men. And uh, it was always more than a game for him. But he taught them baseball. He taught them a lot more. And when he died in two thousand and four, um, there were maybe a hundred guys, men there, mostly men and their wives including my high school baseball coach, which was weird. Not weird, but wonderful. I didn't expect to see him there, um, Coach Johnson. But um, from the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, and 90s, and all these men had played for Pete, all of them. And to a man, they all had stories about how one season, in some cases, one all-star uh, you know, tournament, um, something he had said, something he did, instilled confidence, whatever, and had helped these guys throughout life. Like they, they remembered – some impact that he had as a coach on their lives. And it was just, it was a great tribute to him at this memorial that we had. Um, but it goes to show you how much a coach can be more than just, you know, just your coach. It can be a life coach in many ways. And you never know, um, you know, there's a lot of people that listen that volunteer. I know you coach baseball, Steve, um, with your sons. And, you know, it's just you don't you don't understand the reach and the impact you have on kids' lives at a very formative time, um, and it can be you know anywhere from you know from five all the way to to twenty five. But um, it was cool. So I was thinking about my dad, especially on this Father's Day, because he would have been ninety years young. And my mother, God bless her, uh, she is going to be ninety three in July and wow. still lives at our house. Yeah, still lives at our house in St. Pete by herself. She's remarkable. She's just incredible. Um, God bless her. She's getting around really well. And um, so, yeah, that's my that's my Father's Day story. So, in the meantime, we've got lots of guys that are coming up with COVID. Not a surprise in this state. If you've been following the news, we've set some records here the last few days, uh, Steve. So, I, I guess it was towards the end of the week, maybe Friday. 
um, or Saturday, I can't remember which, the news broke that at least two Bucks players, uh, before that it was one Bucks coach had tested positive and two other assistants had been placed in quarantine, but now it's also two Bucks players have tested positive. In the case of the coach, at least, he was asymptomatic, he or she was asymptomatic, um, but the positive test, you know, with the tracing and the people they've been around with, um, you know, and, and they just got back in the building, as you recall, <clears throat> like a week ago, I think, um, to come back together as a staff. And they did the the temperature checks and, and they've been doing testing and things like this. So, um, you know, that that went on. And then shortly thereafter, um, you got the news that five Phillies players had it, um, one Blue Jays player. Um, three lightning players, I guess, tested positive. The practice facility has been closed now, which is <laughs> ominous considering that the NHL wants to start this thing. So things are not really trending in the best direction right now with respect of, of COVID and, and sports restarting. And, um, you know, we, especially in Florida, states like Florida, uh, some instances, Arizona, Texas, um, there's some hot spots, obviously. Which is ironic because there was a time when baseball, of course, and we'll get into what's going on there, was talking about having, you know, separate sort of divisions in Arizona and Florida, which right now are on fire with COVID. So, I I don't know. It's um, it's getting a little scary out there. Is all I'll say. But I guess we this is all part of 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 this this enterprise, which which is we all have to learn, and sports has to learn. Um, how to play with this virus, not without it, because it's not going to go away probably for a very long time. And who knows, we're hopeful there'll be a vaccine at some point and certainly treatments. But um, until one comes around, you, you know, we, we, we have to learn to live with it. And I think they're trying to do the best they can by setting these protocols. But all of this is experimental. All of this is fluid. And they're learning more and more each day. But it was, it was kind of a, a, a tough week for for sports coming back. I, I, I was a little less confident at the end of last week. I kind of ride the roller coaster like everybody else, but man, I, I didn't like all that news. Well, it's not good, but look, as States were opening up and as the cases Mm -hmm. were going up because of that, as people were going out now, some practicing social distancing, some not Yep. that you knew, you knew that spikes were going to happen and you knew that it was going to hit sports. It it was, Mm -hmm. there was no way it was not going to. That's right. I think more importantly is, how the leagues have planned for this and what they do going forward mm-hmm. to help get the season started. I mean, we're still talking NHL and, and, and NBA probably another six, seven weeks before games are being played. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NFL, of course, we're not talking till August preseason or July. And, you know, baseball, who knows when that'll start. But, you know, you knew that there was going to be cases. So far, it sounds what we know, and we don't know a lot, but you know, most have been asymptomatic at this point, which is what you expect kind of from that age demographic too when you're talking to players. Yeah. Most of them are in pretty good health, although we have talked about some of the football players, particularly offensive, defensive line, may, sure. may be in a, vulnerable. You know, vulnerable because of their weight and all that. But, mm-hmm. but they're younger. They're generally most athletes are in, in really good shape where they're on the lower end of the risk factor. Now, it doesn't mean – there's no risk and they shouldn't ignore it, but it's how they deal with this and how they go forward because they knew there was going to be positive tests. They knew that athletes were going to get this. And, and, and so, but it's, it's how they address it going forward will determine what's going to happen in the future. 
Yeah, absolutely. And this is all this is all part of the process, I suppose, although as a society we have to get a handle on it first so there, there's not more of these um these outbreaks and, and transmission of this thing, which is what we're trying to trying to limit. But yes, yeah, some of this was inevitable. There was a, and we talked about this a little bit last week, and I just want to really quickly go over this. Uh, Christine Brennan, who writes for USA Today, is an outstanding columnist. You know, uh, Sean McVay came out and sort of was summarizing, you know, what was going on, was asked about COVID and, and what Dr. Fauci had said last week. And, you know, he kind of he kind of said that, you know, I don't, I don't know how you practice some of these things you know, as far as, um, you know, six feet rule and all that, you know, moving lockers and that sort of thing when in football, where it's obviously, a, you know, there's contact on literally every play, sometimes by almost every player on the field. Um, and she, you know, she went through the, you know, sort of the players, especially in college. I know there's been a lot at, at uh, Clemson. There's 13 players that were uh, presumed or tested positive at Texas, um, the Houston football program stopped voluntary workouts. They had six players test positive. And so these are the graphs that I wanted to highlight because this is what we were discussing. Like she says, so how does this work over the rest of the summer or into the fall? We love our football and can't imagine life without it. Universities need it desperately for revenue it produces. Many of the states where the college game is most important are seeing an increase in coronavirus cases, some quite dramatic. We accept all kinds of injuries to young men so we can enjoy football every year. Will we accept their illnesses, their hospitalizations, even their deaths this season? How about the hospitalizations and deaths of coaches, team personnel, and referees, especially those who are older and more susceptible to the virus? Does football plow ahead come what may? Will nothing stop our broad-shouldered tough guy sport, not even a pandemic? Will a moment of silence before every kickoff suffice? How many moments of silence will there be before there are too many? And And that's like we talked about last week, that's the thing that, that I don't think we can answer as, as a society. What are we, what is likely? Um, certainly even one death would be too many. Um, the illnesses you certainly want to, want to mitigate because there can be damage and lasting damage. Um, even if somebody uh, doesn't die, but, um, it's scary. It's scary for, for the 300 pound men and for the the 70% African American men that might be more vulnerable than others. And for, 67-year-old uh, football coaches like Bruce Arians. Um, these are all things that, um, you know, and, and, and it, will be, it will be in the forefront of every league as it is. They they're already have hundreds of pages of protocol and are adding more, I'm sure. And just that issue alone is, is difficult. And then you have Major League Baseball. <laughs> um, the players were set to vote. This was the latest. They were set to vote on Sunday on baseball's latest offer for a 60 game season. And then something went wrong. And I mean, what it comes down to is, and this is, this is a little, little difficult to explain, but you know, we knew that players wanted 70 games. Baseball offered 60. Um, they wanted about 275 more million dollars than the teams are offering. Um, they're worried that, you know, if there's a resurgence of viruses that the season may be cut short and that, any deal that's negotiated, you know, might lock in some, some innovations they're talking about in 2021 and, 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 you know, hurt their bargaining power and things like that. Um, but Manfred could unilaterally order the schedule if he wanted to. And because they've insisted on full prorated pay, he could just, he's threatened that he could just play, let's play 50 games. But if that happens, Steve, I think you'll have players revolt. I think they will be, you know, 
all kinds of, of trouble, um, whether, whether players would be uh, not showing up, not reporting, um, you know, going out. I, I, I just don't know. I think it would be sloppy. Well, I would, think, we I would think if you don't report, assuming you don't have a medical issue, because I know that's right. been negotiated, that your contract mm-hmm. could be voided at that point. It probably could be. It probably your could be. Maybe they contract, report and, I mean, and walk out. I mean, I don't Because the players know. agreed to this. I mean, and, and the players have said, yes, we agreed that the commissioner has the right to, to set the schedule for full prorated mm-hmm. salary. If, if, this, if the commissioner does it at 50 games, they, they, I mean, they're going to file a grievance and it's going to be that we could have played more, which is why mm-hmm. Manfred hasn't set a schedule at this point because if he sets it now, he's got no reason to do 50 games. It would need to be more. Right. So th- I think they're in a stall game. The, the, mm-hmm. you know, the more this goes on, the more likely it's going to be 50 to 60 games instead of 60 to 70. Right. But the players don't have much to stand on because they agreed to the commissioner can set the schedule. We get full prorated salary. So as long as that's what they're getting, whether it's 50 games or 60 or 70, the players don't have much to complain with unless he sets a 50-game schedule when he could have easily played 60 or 70 in that time window to the end of the season. So, there, I mean, this seems like a, if it's about money, and it always seems to be, right, 60 or 70 games. Okay, so if he split the baby in half and said 65, okay, or 67, there's a $275 million gap right now. That's $9.1 million per team. That's it, folks. Nine. These are these are teams that are worth billions of dollars, okay? And their owners are billionaires. Nine point one million dollars per team, and if they cut that down to sixty-five games or so, it'd probably be closer to six or seven million dollars a team. You're going to tell me that they can't work this out financially? It just doesn't make sense that they wouldn't work this out. Um, that is not, you know, that's the price of a major league shortstop. Well, or not even for some teams. I mean. Let's let's take the Rays or the Marlins or a team like that. I'm assuming that without fans in the stands, that they're losing money. I don't know how yes. much, but let's say of it's you know are. whatever ten, fifteen million, whatever they're going to lose this year, twenty million. You want them to add another nine million on that when they could actually play with this? I mean, and to a team like the Marlins or Rays, that might be a lot of money. The Yankees losing nine million dollars, no big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, that some teams are probably okay with it. Other teams aren't. I mean, the Yankees are probably going to make money if they play. Other right. teams may lose money. I mean, but their sponsorship and television ratings and that market and the size and, and how big that franchise is, they probably, and I don't know their books. I'm speculating at this, but they might be making money and they may want a season where smaller teams are going, we're going to lose our butt. And so, you know, my guess is the owners are a little conflicted in this, although they've probably come up with a number that they're all going to live with. And, and, and they're convinced in, in, no matter what it looks like in the public that we're not going above this. Cause that every, yeah. every proposal that the owners have offered has been essentially the same proposal. They're just sliding the scale. I understand that. I, I'm just saying that, that economically somebody has to cut this baby in half and, 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 and come to an agreement. Um, they really don't. And, I mean, they really don't because the commissioner can just wait and then set the schedule for 50 but the, games. Well, let's I just mean, say this. A 50-game to me, and whether you say 50, what, 60 games is 10 more than 50, Robbie, and 15 more would be 65. But this is going to become a sham. This whole, this whole exercise is going to become a sham even if the commissioner sets it at 50 games at the full pro rate. It just is. I mean, for all the and, – and then, and then on top of it is a pandemic which, which very likely could interrupt the season, maybe even – Maybe end up, end up canceling it before they're able to play the fifty games. So 
I, I just think that they're wa- they've wasted so much time. It's been such a such a a uh, you know a public negotiation in the press. Um, so much hand wringing. I don't know. I I'm a, the biggest baseball fan. I know you are. It's left a sour taste in my mouth. And what usually happens with this is that everybody says, "Well, they can all go to hell." You know, the players aren't right. The owners aren't right. I don't care. Just just pull the plug already. I'm tired of reading about it. And that's unfortunate because for a long time, like you've said many times, they could have had this to themselves. Well, you know? yeah, and they're most likely going to come back with a 50 or 60 game schedule, maybe 65, while the NBA and NHL are in their playoffs and football's ramping mm-hmm. up. There you go. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you've got, the, a- you know, you'll have triple crown races. You'll have golf championships you know some of their uh you know the championships have been delayed and some of you know the biggest golf tournaments and that yeah it's gonna you know there's gonna be a lot of sports going on all of a sudden at once if, if it gets resumed no i i agree i mean again i'm rooting for baseball i'm rooting for something else to come back positive we need some good news first and foremost in this state about controlling uh, the spread and the rise of this pandemic and whatnot but um yeah, it was a tough. It was a tough weekend, and then Sunday began with with talk of there being a vote by the executive committee uh, on the players' side, and then of course that quickly fizzled. So we'll see what tomorrow brings. That's that's the world we live in. Every day, um, something can change and change dramatically for the better or for the worse. And uh, of late, the weekend was not full of great news for anybody, and we just hope that uh, that, that maybe that comes around. Planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Speaking of maybe not great news, you see this? The NFLPA, the Players Association, they're now advising its players to cease private group workouts. Are you listening, Tom Brady? Does that, does that mean I, I, you can get rid of your water shoes and the galoshes and all that stuff you were marching through ponds and stuff to get pictures stop of? Stop it. Why, of are you, why are you per- perpetuating this myth, this, this, this fallacy? That's what I heard. <laughs> you heard wrong. Not true. Um, nor nor am I. Nor were we allowed to fly a helicopter, although apparently somebody has of late. Um, apparently, they, news. they don't. They don't read the news, though. <laughs> no, well, a newspaper. <laughs> I, I I read a newspaper published seven photos. It's actually, we published seven. We took seven photos. We published seven. We took about one hundred and seven. But that's neither here nor there. Look, I mean, this is a suggestion. <laughs> it's not an order. And and so until they order the code red, I got to be honest with you. I don't see these practices stopping for Tom Brady. Does anything is anything going to stop for Tom Brady? I mean, Tom Brady is is going to have these guys out there so long as none of them have COVID. Now maybe he'll have his own testing, the TB12 testing method. Perhaps I don't know. Um, but is avocado ice cream a uh, vaccine for COVID nineteen? Uh, we well perhaps it is. I don't know. I mean, I mean he's. I do know this that he truly does believe that his his uh, methods and I guess Alex Guerrero has been around of late uh, according to his according to Tom's own Instagram 
um, that, uh, you know, it, it, he, he eats and drinks a lot of water and, and boosts his immunity. So he seems to think or imply at least that this will help you. But can't um, argue with the results so far. No, 43 years old and going strong. I mean, you know, who, who doesn't want to see him out there? But I, but I, I would imagine that, uh, like, this is, this is advice. It's not necessarily until you command it. Um, Tom Brady's not going to stop. I, I got to believe that the, the Bucks the Bucks workouts, although there will come a point as we get, look, we're only a couple weeks away. I mean, July 15th is when Bruce Arians mentioned the quarterback school. That's three of some weeks kind. from Wednesday, so. Yeah, three weeks from this Wednesday. And then after that, uh, of course, rookie orientation. And then by the 21st, um, he said that they would begin training camp. So we are a month away. Uh, and that, And we know, you know, Time has traveled both slowly and quickly, I think, during this pandemic. But um, before long, they hope to have players in the building. They had coaches in there. Uh, I, you know, obviously that that didn't initially start out so good. But they're gonna have to find a way, and I think the NFL is committed to doing just that. Um, but it's been it's been a couple of tough weeks, and and you know, I, I think these guys will be ready. Now they may take knowing that there's a possibility that they come back in three and a half weeks, you know, players typically like to have a couple of weeks off to just relax, enjoy. There's not a lot of places you can go, obviously, at your own risk, um, even out of the country, but uh, they like to get away for a couple of weeks before they have to go back and devote their entire time on football. And, uh, and it could be a long season. could be one that's delayed. could be one that's interrupted. Um, we really don't know what to expect, but we know it's going to be unique, and we know it's supposed to end with a Super Bowl in Tampa, and that's why Brady's here is that he hopes to play in that game. And um, God bless us all. We'll, uh, we'll have something to look forward to in the fall uh, with the NFL coming back. But first, we're hopeful that the NBA, the NHL, the Major League Baseball uh, can all get back. Right now, we're, we're kind of limited to golf and auto racing for the most part. You've got um, uh, soccer, Premier League soccer was back over the weekend. That's right. I missed that. Yeah. And I missed the that. Belmont so, Stakes. Belmont Stakes. Did you watch the, they, watch the horses did, run on uh, Saturday? Did they run? They did. This is not okay. Not for the roses, but yeah, for the Belmont Tis, Stakes. Tis the Law, I think, was the name of the horse that won. It was a four to yeah. five favorite. He was a big time favorite in the Belmont. So first time no ever fans, the Belmont though, right? was yeah. First time ever the Belmont was the first leg of the Triple Crown. Yeah, because the Kentucky Derby was canceled in May, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pushed back to September, I think. Yeah, I don't remember off the top. So, of my head, so there will be there will be there will be a triple crown potential. I mean, they're going to run those three major yes, races. That, well, that's the plan at this point. I mean, obviously, Kentucky Derby. things are subject to change. But so, was it weird, or was the sounds of hoofs uh, pounding on the uh, track uh, all you really needed for, uh, for to watch the horse? And down the stretch they come. You got that guy right. I mean, yeah. all the, the 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 between the races. I mean, you know, on a race day they have. 10 races or whatever and you know they're usually That's true. It's an all day, 30 yeah. 40 minutes in between all that stuff was very different i mean you know mm-hmm. as you're you know because normally they're talking to people in the crowd and in the owner's boxes of all these horses and and showing all the you know the hats and the drinks and the you know just everything going on so there was none of that in between so that was different and a lot of their analysts were at home you know eddie mm-hmm. olchek was at it on zoom or whatever at home and this and mm-hmm. So a lot of that, but the race itself, it didn't seem that, I mean, I suppose some crowd noise was missing, but you're more focused on the horses and hearing them, you know, thunder down the, the home stretch and, mm-hmm. and all that. So, um, yeah, I didn't, the race itself wasn't that different, but the, the television coverage in between all those races, like I said, there's usually 30, 40, 45 minutes between races. Yeah. They do all day. And so all that coverage was very different. 
I was watching a little bit of the golf. I guess it was won by Webb Simpson. And um, the only guy that's going, <laughs> other than the camera crew, um, uh, for CBS is Jim Nance, right? So so Jim's been there by himself up in the tower at 18. <laughs> and Nick Price is back in Orlando in the studios. And got this, you know, I okay. mean, Nick, Nick is... Nick's wearing his CBS jacket and the whole thing. I mean, he looks like he's doing the uh, the event. And then um, I turned it on at one point, and they had a uh, just a terrible, like a booming weather delay. <laughs> and Nance was a little uncomfortable, I think, because he was he was up there by himself, and he's kind of like, I don't know who's going to save me. I'm here by myself. Um, but it must be weird even for him, you know, to be up there. And of course, he's Jim Nance, so he has to go, right? If anyone's going to go, it's got to be hello, friends. But. Um, but Nick Price is safe back in Orlando in whatever studio or home uh, that he's zooming. I know uh, on the Premier League, I watched a little bit of the Premier League coverage, uh, one mm-hmm. or part of a game or two, and uh, they had crowd noise piped in. Like you know, and actually they were saying EA Sports and that, but they had crowd noise like it was a game going on, and it sounded, and you didn't it sounded, notice, right? It sounded pretty natural. I mean, it was. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't overly paying attention to listening, but they did have. If you wanted the game without the crowd noise and added to go, to oh, their you, app, could you could opt for it on their app. You could go to the what NBC Sports and or their their app to stream it, and they had an option to do it without the crowd noise. No, I mean soccer crowd noise if you're not paying too much attention to the actual cheers, but it's like, isn't it something they're like, oh, they, I didn't notice that so much. It was just kind of crowd noises and, um, you know, I mean, a lot of soccer, it's not overly loud all game. Would it would it corns would it corn? Here's what I want to know: Would it correspond with like say there's a there's a run right? Say mm-hmm. say they have. Um, a play on or or a set play or something where the goaltender comes out to make a great save do they do they increase the volume somehow or is it just random i wasn't paying like close a, enough attention to know to 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 look for that i mean i you know yeah. it was kind of it was in the background as we were doing stuff um right right so I, I guess i'd have to go back and check that but i would assume they are doing that yeah that's great work for some sound editor. <laughs> I mean, if you can pull that off, man, if you can be quick enough to say, uh, yeah, crowd gets well, louder and I'm, then gets better. You know, Joe Buck has said the NFL or the Fox is going to do that this year with the NFL. So expect that. Well, and if you play, no if you play Madden, you understand how it would be. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really do. I mean, like that Madden game is incredible. Like when, when something's happening positive that the, the, the crowd gets loud um, and starts cheering. And when something, you know, ball gets dropped or fumbled, you hear that. So they've got it mastered now, you know, they also know but but it reacts to what the what the game situation is, you know, electronically, which is a different thing obviously. You can't you you can't cue in Mike Evans touchdown. Um but you can to some degree. And so I'm curious to see just how cuz cuz when I play Madden, I'm telling you, the mm-hmm. graphics are so good nowadays. Yes. Um and the announcers are so it's remarkable how they pre-recorded all these statements, right? Uh and update the 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 broadcast and things like this i think uh uh i'm trying to think of who the day is davis is on there now i think charles davis is the analyst yeah charles davis is the analyst on it and he's terrific and and they will they will make comments that are fairly generic when you when you really think about them but they're they're apropos to the moment and uh like taking you know missing a field goal or going for it on fourth down like i can't believe they're gonna go for it here jim um but um but if they do some of that crowd noise like ea sports does and Madden, it's gonna it, the game will sound while you're watching an actual game. The game will have that sound, and I think it's I think it's kind of a good idea because you won't, you know, it, it won't seem odd to you um, while you watch it on TV in a bar or at home or 
Well, particularly or with like, me. Like, like when we were watching <laughs> Premier League on Saturday, you know, we had it on the background. Yeah. So it seemed normal. It seemed normal because yeah. you heard crowd noise and you saw action. You saw live mm-hmm. action. Yep. So it'll be like that. So, yeah, I'll enjoy it from the comfort of my, my new uh, sports room. <laughs> I'll be watching 17, 17 weeks of football on uh, on the red zone and uh, and maybe a TV on the Bucks game. So hopefully it doesn't come to that, but we'll see. All right, just, just to wrap up, um, make sure you check out TampaBay.com and the Tampa Bay Times. We did a really nice Father's Day package, especially uh, African-American fathers and what they have said to their children during this time of racial division and, and in general uh, about growing up uh, African-American in, in this country. Um, some, some really great vignettes that our staff put together. Uh, I was not part of that. I was on vacation, but um, they did a really nice job. And um, some, some names you'll certainly recognize in there uh, from Tampa Bay. And then um, I had a story that I had written a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about it, a little bit about it, I think, on Friday's podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Alan, uh, Alan Gutcher, who is a, uh, uh, actually a wooden baseball bat maker, has done a lot of things. He's a master diver, uh, all of that. His son uh, played at USF now at Eckerd College. Anyway, uh, it's a story about a guy, uh, Alan, who was driving down the road, saw a sign in an SUV that said, my husband... Uh, needs a kidney or he's old positive kidney and for whatever reason a complete stranger to him alan turned his his car around and went and found that van after it had turned into a large apartment complex or condo complex wrote down the number and after months and months it turns out they were a perfect match and he donated this kidney uh and changed uh, the life of uh of an of an entire family uh because of it so make sure you check that out on tampabay.com or in sunday's Tampa Bay Times. It's on one A. It's a it's a really good story. Not because I wrote it, but because um, they they told it so well. Uh, both gentlemen and uh, and something to think about with respect to organ donation is something that's uh, needed. I got a lot of response um, from people who are in that business and have benefited from organ donations. One lady wrote me and said her husband uh, has had one, and for twenty seven years um, he's he's benefited from uh, a new kidney, and it's it's certainly changed his and their lives. So something to consider um, when you read this story. We're also going to have our mailbag later this week. You don't have to wait until uh, we do that show, whatever day that will be later, but you can get your questions submitted to us anytime on Twitter at Sports Day Tampa Bay. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 